Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Okay. Well, that's the... Welcome to AfterBuzz TV. My name is Derry Baronado, and you can find me at Derry of the Jersey Devil at Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, Friendster, and Adult Friend Finder. Just kidding about that last one. I don't know what any of those last three were. Hello, and welcome to AfterBuzz. My name is the real Derry Baronado, and I'm here with... Pinky in the brain, Mr. <laughs> Once George again. Hermosa, and Do, Mr. J Tan. Have I worn this shirt too recently? No. Okay. Does this mean I'm, I don't, does no. this mean I'm the brain? No, no. Oh, no, no, no you no, would be Pinky. No, no, no. There's okay. that music. There it is, Gabe. Well, I think we did it better. You just call me Gabe. I agree. I think you did do it better. And I said Gage. I heard just Gage. To be honest with you, I say Gage. Whatever. Anyway, hi guys. Hello. 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 Okay. How are you? Uh, I'm good. So we're breaking down UFC 187, Johnson versus Cormier. Originally set to be Corm- uh, Johnson versus Jones, but we all know what happened with that. And let me just say, this has probably been my favorite fight card of the year so far. This is definitely a leading I mean, contender for event of the year. There yeah. was three fights on this card that easily could be fight of the year. Right. And we're going to get to that very soon. I'm going to start with the prelims, and we're going to go through the results, and then we will talk about the immense amount of action that took place during this card. Mm-hmm. At the bottom, we had Justin Scoggins versus Josh Sampo. Scoggins won via unanimous decision. Islam Makhachev versus Leo Kuntz. Yeah. Makhachev won via Vernick Choke in round two. Kuntz. 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 Yeah. Either way you say it. I mean, come on, guys. Let's be real. Uh, Mike Quick Sampaio versus Colby Covington. Covington won via unanimous decision. And Rose Namajunas was supposed to face off against Nina Ansaroff. Uh, Ansaroff ended up not making weight because she had the flu, apparently. Um, she weighed in at 120, and mm. she would, they didn't want her to take the fight because she was too yeah, sick. Do- doctors know. weren't clearing her. She was uh, right. fighting that flu throughout the week, wasn't she? But yes. Huh. They posted something on Instagram, her camp, saying she's, you know, she's in better care now. Thank God. So, you know. Good for her to at least weigh in. I mean, it's, it's nice to hear that at least she could. She was still point. trying. It sounds yeah. like it was a bit ceremonial, though. Yeah. In, in the way in. She, she comes out of a very uh, dominant camp. She comes out of American Top Team. So mm-hmm. definitely no games being played here. She honestly was just sick. So hopefully we see Rose in the cage soon, though, because mm-hmm. that would that would have been a good match. Uh, Uriah, Primetime Hall versus Rafael Natel. Rafael Natel won via split decision. The tennis player? Dong Hyun Kim faced Josh Berkman. Who won that one? What? what tennis player are you? T- Hello, what Beavis? What oh, I know? Come on, man. Rafael, I, Rafael Nadal. Is that his name? Nadal? I don't know tennis. Do you, oh, you know, I don't know tennis. Is yeah. that a tennis wow. thing? For yeah. Wow. There's really like a tennis player, but I think instead of a T, it's a D. Oh, okay. So Rafael Nadal. Okay. No, he, he. This was an MMA fighter. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. 
But nobody got the joke. That's why I moved on to the next fight. <laughs> All right. Dong Hyun Kim <laughs> defeated Josh Berkman via head and arm choke in I'm round three. A, I bet Joseph Bozen know knows who Rafael Nadal is. <laughs> Turn on the YouTube page. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what Joe Boza is saying Joe here. Boza, what do you think, man? <laughs> okay. Next, we have John the Magician Dodson versus Zach Funsize Magofsky. Dodson won via unanimous decision. Then we have on the main card, the first fight on the main card, Joey B versus John Moraga. Joey B, 30-27 all around, winning by unanimous decision. That's Joe Benavidez, yeah. to be sure. But he's, he's, he's Joey B. Yeah, Joe B. Joey See, I thought B. you were talking Joey about B. Joey Beltran for the whole, the whole time. Mm, you don't want to make that mistake. I don't think anybody made like, that course, mistake besides of, these of two. Of course he beat John Moraga. Oh, that's who There's that our guy. <laughs> what? What are you guys playing over there? Oh, uh, we're watching the, ourselves. The feed. We're, we're checking oh, in with Joseph Mosey here. Oh, you guys are so... Anybody out there listening? We are live, by the way. We're live, so feel free to interact with us at any point during the show. Yes, guys. Comment. Especially tweet. Joseph Bosa. Because now George us. is going to read off his responses here. They Kate can, Fratz knows who Joseph Bosa is. They can tweet us at hashtag ABTVUFC. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So, what do you guys think of the Joey B fight? Joey B? Sounds good. I mean, it went exactly you, how I thought it would yeah. but... Suplex. You know what? So so John Moraga, um, you know, a little bit ranked a little bit uh, below Joe B, um, has seen, uh, you know, both these guys have uh, uh, have already have had their shots against um, Demetrius Johnson, champ, and they're kind of figuring out their, um, or it's kind of a, a match to see who's, you know, who, who stays in that top five, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe B looked great. You know, and they did. Uh, Moraga himself did. Uh, they, they traded some nice takedowns, and, and Moraga had that nice uh, suplex, kind of a l- lateral drop, almost practically, almost a uh, belly to back suplex. I, I call those suicide suplex because mm-hmm. if you don't if you land, land on it your perfectly, neck, you're dead. yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, good point. German suplex, as uh, as it is in the squared circle. Oh, German but, suplex. Uh, yeah, you know, Joe. I, I gave him all three rounds as well. Joe B mm-hmm. was uh, pretty strong on him with uh, with. Strong on Moraga with takedowns and, and punishment. You know they were pretty. They got off to a good start in the first round. They were throwing flurries. Um, Joe drops Moraga and you know gets. A lot, there was a lot of positioning. Uh, Joe B on top from uh-huh. you know half guard or uh, or side control uh, and just punishing him. Mm-hmm. You know and Moraga side- landed the most he ever landed in round two. Um, mm. He landed some good uh, mm-hmm. punches and kicks combinations. Yeah, but for the majority of the time, it was Joe Benavidez who was controlling the cage and mm-hmm. dominantly controlling the performance. Yeah, that's a tricky one. You know, with the flyweights now, Joe being ranked number two, right uh, behind uh, who we got, John Dodson, Dodson, yeah. as as number one, who also won and, and came out looking fantastic in his match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little have bit the two of-, of them fought recently? Uh, no, I, I don't believe so. You've got a little bit of a bottleneck there between Dodson. Benavides, Ian McCall. Don't just, forget Henry Cejudo on the way up. Henry Cejudo is on the way up, and I think he kind of mixes things up with a lot of makes it a little bit fresh. But the question is still, who does DJ face? Who gets the shot against DJ? I think Henry Cejudo is number one with a bullet in terms of his trajectory and getting there the fastest. Right. But you know, DJ has cleaned out a lot of the top five, almost top ten of mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, the flyweight division. So. Mm-hmm. The problem is here. Joe B has faced him twice, and now you know, and he's he's cemented his position as, as one of the top guys in the divisions. But you, you can't go to that well again. Uh, Ian McCall, um, I think I saw recently, like his last match, he uh, he lost his last one, but you know, still in the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I forgot where we are with uh, Juicy A Formiga, but you've got John Dodson winning, beating number four, or I'm sorry, uh, beat, uh, fun size, Zach Makovsky. But, uh, you know, so John Moraga just, just lost on this one, obviously. Um, so you kind of are in this bottleneck, and I think probably the next one to play, um, they, it sounds like they want to put uh, give John Dodson uh, to DJ, you know, do that rematch, which you can do. There's there's some fun stuff, and Dodson's got some uh, good momentum going, mm-hmm. so there's, you can justify that one. Would you see a four mega fights in exactly one week? Not exactly, but he's on, on the next on, card on Saturday. Okay, uh, on Fight Night sixty seven. So okay, against Wilson I mean, if Hans. he looks mm-hmm. impressive, I mm-hmm. mean, it might as well. And, and, it's, and that's that that goes the test of how great DJ is to the point where it's like. Well, you might as well give that guy the next shot because he's yeah. beating everyone else. Yeah, you know? DJ's one of those really, really dominant champions in his weight class. He's kind of like a Ronda Rousey, so to speak, or Ronda Rousey's kind of like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, he's been around longer. But he has really cleared out this division to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, okay, we can give him the Henry Cejudo rank number eight, you know. But- At, well, after Henry fights, presuming he looks good in the pay-per-view in Mexico next right. month. Right, of course. Yeah. It gets his ranking a little higher, hopefully. Um, but yeah, you don't really have anyone to put up against him that is that great of a match. Well, I in think, terms of rankings, yeah. Now you've got an op- option with Dodson, possibly Juicy yeah. Formiga. But in the meantime, you know the question of what do you do with Joe B? How do you keep? Yeah, yeah. You, I, I think maybe another one, possibly Joe B versus. Uh, Depending on what happens with uh, Henry Cejudo. Cejudo, I was thinking maybe the same thing. Yeah, that is a title and elimination match. And that's a really good one, too, because Joe's wrestling is probably going to be as as qualified to face Henry as anybody else that Henry has already faced. Right. So um, Henry does need to keep fighting tougher guys to get there, but uh, he's... He's great. He's, he's on the as rise, well. really. Yeah, fast. he really is. Yeah. He's one of those guys that has super, super, uh, you know, high level wrestling, but at the same time, his striking's amazing too. Mm-hmm. So he's very well rounded, and I think he's he's tough to face any opponent in, the, in this division. He could really uh, yeah. match up with any of them well. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Travis Hoppe Brown versus Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky. Arlovsky. One via TKO in round one. Guys. <laughs> I don't think he did that justice. I, I, I think the way to read it is Travis Hoppe Brown. That, you're beat Andre Arlovsky. Right. Or, I'm sorry, no, vice versa? No, he didn't. Excuse I, me. I, hey, Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky took a bite out of the ass of Travis <laughs> Hoppe Brown for four minutes and 41 seconds. Back and forth, forth and back. This was a dogfight. There was blood flying. There was sweat going all over the place. Hands were flying, fisticuffs, a few kicks here and there, and <laughs> heads and brain going all over the place. I think that's how you probably that call that That was completely match. justified, J-Tan. <laughs> all I have to say is noodle legs. Mm. Oh, my God. Travis Brown was walking on noodles for four minutes and 41 seconds. I have never... Like because felt of the someone's shots. pain so badly. Yeah, because you of just, the shots Arlovsky was landing Arlo- on. Him. Well, let's talk about it. Arlovsky yep. rocked Brown right in the beginning mm-hmm. with a huge, huge right hand, I believe. Uh, Hoppe survived it, and man, that's all he kept doing was survive it. Mm-hmm. Then uh, in the second round, nope. Uh, oh, nope, there was only one round. Yep. The second <laughs> half of the first round, uh, Travis Brown was up against the cage. Arlovsky's teeing off on him. Mm-hmm. In the midst of that, Brown breaks off the cage, hits Arlovsky, and drops him. I like mean, you- Drago Pizza, Scott Smith on Drago Pizza. We've said it before. We're saying it again. Go do your homework on that match. Go it was look crazy. It like the Kirk Gibson shot, like the Hail Mary shot of uh, of MMA, or was it uh, Pat Barry and Czech Congo, for that matter? Right. You know, one of those it- last minute, let me just throw it all in. I could not believe it. And, he- and Arlovsky literally dropped. If 
Brown would have had any more energy, he would have finished him. Mm-hmm. But he got back up. They were they just kept rocking each other, but mostly Andre Olovsky was rocking Travis Brown. And wow, was he doing a good job and utilizing his power. Mm-hmm. That first uh, right hand that he landed in the first round, I think I said it when we were watching it, I think it's the hardest punch I've seen landed in a fight this year. Mm-hmm. It was a bomb. Talk about the H-bomb. This is the mm-hmm. A-bomb. Yeah, Woo. that dropped him pretty hard. There's a couple of stories behind this match. You know, one, a lot of people uh, know and actually maybe also don't know because it wasn't really on my radar about them being such friends, you know, and, and former training partners. Huh. Um, this was a match that, uh, you know, th- they put together. I mean, both those guys were kind of, you know, in the um, trajectory up, up towards the top. Well, I mean, Travis is already up there in the, in the rankings. But, he was uh, ranked number three. Yeah, yeah. He was three and Arlovsky number eight. Arlovsky's guys, he's a former UFC heavyweight champion uh, from many years back. Mm-hmm. This we're seeing this strange in this year a resurgence of guys. You know the comeback story is kind of becoming a regular story with several guys. We've got Anthony Johnson here uh, today. We've got Arlovsky. Um, who's the other one I was thinking of? Vitor Belfort. Vitor Belfort as yeah. well. You know these guys are well, not Johnson, but these guys are former champions that. It looked for a time that their career was over. They were fighting outside of the UFC and, and faring only, not, not Orlovsky, excuse me, but faring, you know, middle to not so great. And they, they were able, they came back to the UFC or, or got matches, uh, you know, in the case of Belfort. Um, Belfort's had his issues, of course, the past year or so with injuries and also, uh, TRT, uh, and, uh, suspension, uh, for that. But, you know, Orlovsky coming back, no one really gave Orlovsky a shot to make a run in the UFC. Well, guys, look at him now. Yeah, look at him now. That's exactly the right way we to put it. We have two comeback stories. You're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, Anthony Rumble Johnson, Vitor Belfort, Andre Arlovsky, they all have a little bit in common in this story. But bottom line, Andre Arlovsky is back and he's this here fight to stay. Was I mean, you guys have to go watch the fight if you haven't seen it. It was one of the best fights of the year by far. It's yeah. hard to compare it to like other fights because, you know, you have other heavyweight fights over three rounds, five rounds. But for this one round fight, Probably the best one round heavyweight fight I've ever seen. Very, just yeah, very good forth, way of putting it. Uh, just swinging for the fences, just with like back fist. How and about whatnot. the time where they both swung their their overhand right and they both missed perfectly? Yeah. And then Orlovsky comes back with a, with back, a hand. Back, back elbow. Yeah. Oh my a, god! Yeah. Just the it, it, as as brawly as it was, it had so much technique to it. Still, mm-hmm. both guys are both so talented. Mm-hmm. And talk about heart, Travis Brown. For sticking in there, I mean, there's yeah. so many times where he could have just caved and gone down yeah. since his legs were wobbling so much. I mean, I mean, he does have a chin. Yes, he was out of it. His legs were, but the guy didn't go down from mostly any he of those didn't, punches. No, he he he. Saved. I would have like collapsed like a little girl just like after like the first fu- <laughs> the first punch. The first punch looked so first bad. Punch, nothing. I think that would have happened in the standoff right before. Probably. He has the referees telling you the uh, the rules and yeah. stuff. Wouldn't surprise me. I think if you guys liked from from last year, Mark Hunt versus Bigfoot Silva, you will love this match. This is one, guys. Absolutely, this is worth getting order ordering the pay per view, the replay this week, Um, top to bottom. The pay per view really delivered. I was watching it with a bunch of friends, uh, and it was the same place that we saw the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Mm. Um, They were like, "Yeah, dude, this fight alone was just way better than (laughs) that." Everybody was saying that. I, I was bartending for this fight, and. My bar was going insane. Like, yeah. literally, I didn't even know who was fighting because I didn't want to watch because I wanted to watch it today for the first time. So I wasn't really paying attention to who was fighting. But all I heard was, like, screams. Everyone was going mm-hmm. crazy. And every other table you walk by, 
they're talking about how much better it is than Mayweather-Pacquiao because it's kind of still you know a hot thing that just happened. So they're still talking about mm-hmm. it; it's still relevant. And they're like, "Oh my god, this is so much better!" And I actually talked to one customer that said he's like, uh, "He's like, screw boxing. I'm going to watch UFC from now on." And I'm like, <laughs> "I support." No, I mean, Don't you miss the Canelo Alvarez fight one week afterwards, guys. Canelo Come on. Kirkland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was really good. No, um, but uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the other thing, Travis Brown, the other thing that comes out of, I got out of this match, I'm a little bit, I get a little bit concerned. Hoppe is known for taking shots and still surviving, taking big shots from guys. We saw a similar thing in uh, his match against Overeem, Alistair Overeem, Um, I think Bigfoot, Mm -hmm. Fabricio Verdum, you know, Josh Barnett, um, he won, I mean, he was... I remember he's landing nasty, uh, put out Josh with uh, with the elbows. But, um, Hoppa, if you're watching this, okay, brother, work. I know you're up there with Edmund Taverdian, Glendale fight team. You guys are probably working on this already. Dude, really take a, take a look at your matches and, and work some more, a lot more, please, on this head movement. And footwork. You were taking way too many shots, dude. You got family, and we have seen plenty. I mean, this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, but also kind of serious. Um, the shots that this guy is taking against the people that he is facing, even if he's winning those matches a lot of the time, that that's going down a slippery slope, a bad road, you know, for some serious long-term issues yeah. with head trauma and concussions. Man, learn learn to avoid those head shots. Don't be taking them, dude. You know? It's, it- I, I completely agree, and I, I hope that Travis Brown can definitely change his style. And I think mm-hmm. there's a turning point in everybody's career when you're a martial artist for you know five or more years. You you come to some sort of crossroad, and you change your style, and you revamp your camp, or something mm-hmm. happens. And this might be it for Travis Brown. I mean, he recently started training with Edmund, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he's been working on his boxing. But, um, you know... It's hard to change your style. It really is. When you're a fighter and, you know, your natural instinct tells you to fight a certain way. You know, there's, yeah. there's guys like Leota that fight on the outside. There's guys like, um, you know, <laughs> Jones. Leota don't take those headshots. Exactly. Like Appa does. And there's guys like John Jones that, you know, like to fight in the clinch and hold. And, you know, there's all, all different styles of fighting. And the bottom line is when, when you first start and when you develop your fighting style, it's kind of what comes natural. So changing yeah. that style sometimes can be super hard. But Travis Brown, Please, we want to see you around for like another five or plus years. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, so yeah, doing full sentences. Back so to, back to Arlovsky though. That here's a guy who's won five fights in a row. It's funny. His last fight that he lost was against Anthony Johnson. Yeah, Anthony Johnson just fighting at heavyweight or light heavyweight was fighting Arlovsky. He beat Arlovsky at heavyweight. Yep. Um, that was in 2013. Beat, yeah, he just beat Travis Brown, the number three ranked contender. He beat Antonio Silva, who's a former um, number one contender, right. fighting for the for the title a few years ago. Um, where do you go from Arlovsky from here? I mean, did you fight guys like somebody like Sipe Miocic who just uh, came off? Sipe's in the top three, I believe, right? Uh, probably now. Um, Sipe is number four. Yeah, obviously. Okay. You know, that's not a bad one. Um, um, I don't know, maybe the loser of Cain Velasquez for Bruce Verdum? Um, I don't know about putting him up that that high, but the top five guy, yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you you put um. He beat well. Face? Then again, no, I take it back. Obviously, he beat the number Hoppe three ranked number guy. Three. You're right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat number three, so obviously he goes down. He goes up. Overeem just fought Roy Nelson, I believe. Uh, don't really want to see him against Mark Hunt. I think Mark Hunt should probably retire. Um, I think isn't Barnett fighting? Barnett's fighting Roy Nelson soon. No, that's not till the fall. In but Japan. he's fighting him, right? It's fall in Japan. Yeah. 
And they're doing a, uh, a kind of Japanese Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Oh, Not cool. branded Ultimate Fighter, I don't believe, but um, it is Ultimate Fighter formula. That, oh, okay. You know, two guys, those two guys coaching Japanese fighters, and it leads up to those guys fighting in the fall. Produced by the UFC? I believe. I'm not exactly sure who's uh, behind that, but yeah, oh, cool. I mean, obviously they're one part of it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, I suppose probably Stipe makes sense. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with, with giving somebody a fight, like uh, giving Arlovsky with somebody a fight to prove if he belongs or not. Right. Right. I mean, he might as well. I mean, it's not like he needs seasoning. It's not like he needs, you know. Steve Miocic is number four? Yeah. I think that's a good fight for Andre Arlovsky. Mm-hmm. Show that he can beat two top five contenders. Mm-hmm. That definitely puts him in contendership for right. the mm-hmm. title shot. Yeah. We'll get past that bottleneck pretty soon, though, with uh, next month with the heavyweight There's division. There's a lot of deciding factors coming up in these next couple fights. We mm-hmm. have uh, Carlos Condit and Tiago Alves. Then we have Tim Boach. Uh, then we have Kane versus mm-hmm. Verdum, which yep. I'm super excited to see. What about you guys? Me too. It's in Mexico. Mexico. You're going to go? You're going to go? Why, do you, why are you asking me that? Are you going to go? No. <laughs> I mean, are you going go to go to the show that's in Jersey? No. She's going to try. I. <laughs> Are you even from Mexico? No. Well, well, why then, would you ask me if I'm going? I mean, I, why don't you ask me if I'm going to the one uh, to the show in New Orleans in like two weeks? Because Mexico is a lot closer. Well, not what, what part proximity. of proximity? That's why. That's why I asked. What part of Mexico is in Mexico City? That's far. Oh, okay. Not as far as New Orleans, though. Yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> well, what about, you're saying going to Vegas? Yesterday's show was in Vegas. That's true. Why don't you go? <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> Plus, me and what? Vegas don't really get along that well. Because you gamble too much? Are you addicted to gambling? I'm not addicted, but I mean, I lose a lot of money. Yeah. Plus, well, Sapphires has a... Maybe that's an addiction. Sapphire, <laughs> Sapphires has a lot of more money, too. Oh, strip clubs, I'm assuming. Strip club. Strip club. Yeah. Just one. All right. Well, you know where to find George Hermosa next time there's a <laughs> there's a card in Las Vegas. Uh, anyway, Donald Cerrone, the cowboy versus John Medeski. Now... This is an interesting story. So, obviously, Khabib Nagumenov got hurt. Nurmagomedov. That was close. Nagumenov, (laughs) Nurmagomedov. Got injured around two weeks ago. And uh, John McDessie filled in for him. So, it was a short-notice fight. But Donald Cerrone, I think, looked the most ready, confident, Mm -hmm. calm I've ever seen him look in the cage. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if those factors, you know, the change of opponent added into that or he's just getting better and better and better and better as he goes along but he looked amazing i thought his uh he, the way he was putting his combinations together yeah he was hiding his kicks so well i mean he would be throwing punches you wouldn't even see the kicks coming they were so fast mm-hmm. he really did some damage to the the front left leg of um, mcdessey to the mm-hmm. point where mcdessey was switching stances to keep him away i mean he really just looked overall dominant and mcdessey ended up calling it quits um, after a head kick landed by Donald Cerrone. Yeah, that specific moment, you don't see that very often no. when it's in the second round, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a very straightforward. I mean, there was a pretty good trade back and forth. Mostly it was all a stand-up battle uh, between uh-huh. them. And uh, Cerrone lands that head kick, and you see Magdesi back off. And this is the first time that I've ever seen this, but do this. I've never seen this in in uh, for the listeners listening on iTunes who aren't watching yeah, YouTube. Good point. He's, he's calling the like timeout. The, the, the timeout time signal. Uh, I've never seen that. At least certainly not from a fighter. Neither and have I. When a fighter does that, uh, the referee is obligated to immediately wave off the fight, as Jason yeah. Herzog did, which was you know good refereeing on his part. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Mac Desi, um or, or a lot of people after the match were talking about broken jaw. 
which made sense given where that shin landed on the oh, on the John McDessie's chin. He must have felt it immediately and was yeah. like, "Oh, this is bad." Yeah, you know, I'm well. You guys haven't been in the cage, but in training or whatever, when you get hit and your whole face goes numb and you're like, oh shit, something might be out of place. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like feel your face. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had it happen where your face goes numb and you're feeling around like, okay, is my nose still on? Is yeah. my, you know, my eyes still in touch? Like, it's a scary feeling. So I'm sure he felt that and then, you know, maybe felt some serious pain in his jaw and was like, okay, this isn't worth it. I wouldn't right. be surprised if there was a couple other shots because there was like a back elbow like a like a minute earlier. He landed two beautiful knees to the face yeah, like right. a minute earlier. But there's so. one Standing specific no like back elbow that he did yeah, that kind of caught him straight elbow. flush. I wouldn't be surprised that was like a, pre- or a precursor to like it was like oh it's dislocated but then boom that shin kick just pretty much broke it did him yeah yeah did him over the edge yeah Oof. it's funny because for for the referees for, from his perspective Jason Herzog there was a match a couple of uh, I believe end of last year yeah. in uh, Bellator between uh, Ill Will Brooks and Michael Chandler and a similar moment happened just very strange because you don't see these things very often right. where the fighter clearly on his feet is done. And and the referee just has to has to step in and wave it off. It's not like there's even action happening. There there was action, and then there's a break, and you've got one fighter stepping back, going practically no moss. I'm done. This happened with uh, Michael Chandler in in that match. Uh, Will Brooks pushes him up against the cage, uh, lands something strong in his head, and I remember Chandler just steps back. Gosh, I, I wish wish I could remember exactly what was the action. Um, I think he waved his hands, something something like that, or it was like. It was as if the uh, the hard drive in his brain had shut down for a second, and and his head just completely restarted. Right, he didn't know where he was at right. that moment. You could just tell he was out of it. Yeah, I think he just said like, "What's going on? What's what's happening?" And it, lo and behold, that happened to be Jason Herzog uh, refereeing that match as well. And so, I mean, Jason stopped it. He's a very uh, talented referee. Right, he, he identified the moment, stepped in, and you know, saved Chandler from taking any cool. more damage. But. Yeah, that's twice. <laughs> twice under the belt of Jason Herzog. That is crazy. Moments like this don't happen often in our sport because it is a sport designed around people with so much heart and mm-hmm. so much will and so much, you know, dedication to what we do. Yeah. It's it's not often you see that. So, but I give guys like McDessie tons of respect mm-hmm. for, you know, cuz he's this kid isn't a, a, a wimp or in any way right. shape or form weak. He just he used his brain, you know? Yeah. Like, we talk about Travis Brown maybe switching his style so he can have a longer career. Mm-hmm. McDessie, same thing. Mm-hmm. He called the fight off because he's like, this is some serious damage, yeah, yeah, you know? nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So, we hope your jaw gets better, McDessie. We hope to see you soon. Speaking of Donald Cerrone, Donald though, Cerrone! What do we do with him? I think it's time. According, according to Brett Akimoto, who works for ESPN, he tweeted, and I quote, Dana White tells me he's not going to the press conference tonight, but did say... Donald Cerrone is the next lightweight title contender. Oh, and rightfully so, so. Rightfully so. Eight wins in a row. Uh, some of those guys are going to get Miles Jerry, Benson Henderson. I mean, this is yeah. this is his third fight, and it's already May it's of 2015. Insane. I love the way this guy um, fights. And here's a guy who, like I said, le- never says no. I'm surprised he wouldn't have gotten a title shot before just for being, you know, the attitude that he has. Right. Um, but now, you know, he shows this. He, she, you know, granted, I personally think that he lost against Benson Henderson. But mm. in the record books, you know, it counts as a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you, th- you think Benson or Cerrone? No, I was for a half second. I was trying to remember the match, and the, oh yeah, that's the one that was uh, pretty sketch. The yeah. two guys, yeah. we, we expected to see a throwdown, and not so much. So they were, I give they were friends. They, you know, they were friends. They fought before, though. This mm-hmm. is, it was their second fight. I remember it pretty mm-hmm. well. Um, I just remember being a very. Uh, 
cardio contained match. Like they were both very active. <laughs> it's very, a polite way of saying uh, it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how to say it. Um, yeah, but there wasn't like big shots landed. But I do remember um, mm-hmm. Benson Henderson getting the best of Cerrone. But mm-hmm. Cerrone won, and I remember he was like, he was pissed about winning. He's like, yeah. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have won that. So regardless, he did beat him, uh, beating guys like Eddie Alvarez, Edson Barbosa, Jim Miller. Yeah, I, he is the most viable contender for yeah. the title shot. So yeah, it, it does make sense. I mean, his last loss was against Rafael Dos, or Rafael Dos Anjos a little under two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it might be two years to the day. I mean, it... I guess it depends on Dos Anjos because you know Cerrone will fight tomorrow. Oh yeah, you know. So I guess right now it kind of depends on Dos Anjos if he it's says. So it's so weird talking about Cerrone having a title fight against Dos Anjos because last time we talked about getting Cerrone ready for Anthony Pettis. Yeah, mm. and it's now it's like we have a new champ. It's crazy. No, that's true. I remember because I think Anthony Pettis fought March fourteenth, and then uh, Cerrone had Cerrone fought was around like February fourteenth. Yeah, I think. and we were talking about yeah. yeah you but, know, it right. makes sense economically as well. I mean the. Do credit to guy's record. That should be probably one of the biggest uh, factors when it comes to picking a number one contender and who gets next title shot. And mm-hmm. Cerrone, by far, his record speaks more volumes, you know, than anybody else. But uh, also the popularity level that he's at right oh, now. Oh yeah, you know? he is like the that's, hot. Commodity. That's a hot ticket right there. Yes, that's a no brainer that you give this guy a, a title shot. Absolutely, um, the cowboy is well marketed. He's probably the most talked about fighter in the past year. I think we some of us voted him fighter of the year last year. I did. That was George's yeah. guy. Yep, George. Um, um, but but what I was gonna say with well, that said is like I guess it depends on when Dos Anjos wants to fight. Um, depending on if he says, "Oh, I want to fight November, December," mm-hmm. does Cerrone take another fight? <laughs> I mean, here's a guy who won't say no to anything, but this also is, doesn't want to. This is one time when he. Sh- well, granted, it's only May. Isn't yeah, it? November, December. That's plenty of time. Well, because if, if you think about right. it, everything's already booked up until August. Right. That I think UFC ninety is August first. So I mean, maybe mid August, late August, September. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's three four months. That's a long time for Tano Taroni to not fight. You know, it yeah. is. But if a match of this stature, yeah. you no, know, you you take some time. If you can do it, you in take a, a nice two month fight camp. And if you can take it in the early fall, yeah, yeah. I mean, some let, rest. let him go play a little bit as he's going to do anyway. You know? Yeah. But at least, I mean, if he gets injured, at least it'll be won't be from another fighter, and he just you know has that yeah. line of regret going. Oh, you know, I. I missed my shot. I gave right. it to some other guy, you know. At least it's a motorboat or uh, it's, uh, you know. I love motorboat. An ATV or something like that. But, I mean, according to the schedule of UFC, UFC 190, August 1st, you know, Brazil. Mm-hmm. I mean, assuming it's going to be on pay-per-view, the next UFC 191 is September 5th. They don't have a location yet. Maybe put it, I mean, he talked about wanting it in Denver. Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, I'm sure that'd that be a good be a draw nice for Cerrone's hometown to get that. Uh, I hope MSG is coming soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, according to the schedule, again, uh, UFC 192 is booked for Houston. UFC 193 is booked for Australia. UFC 194 is not booked. Mm. So I think they had said that they were going to pencil it in. That's the one they're looking December. Right. Okay. If it's not not going to be MSG for uh, in December in New York, uh, it was going to be Calgary. Oh, really? Really? Okay. He felt like he owed them a really big... Big one because that wasn't one it was supposed to that be. That was the last one that at, sucked. At one point, it was going to be headlined by Rashad Evans and Dan I Henderson. That, yeah, it ended up with uh, who? I forgot. Brow, I think was it Brow McDonald? McDonald? No, that was not. That was in Vegas. Was it okay? Um, oh, you mean the one that the Soto? What was the one that ended up? What was the headline for the main event for the Calgary card? That's what I'm wondering. That was like I think it's Brow against Michael McDonald. Okay, okay, and then maybe, maybe. that the singer. 
Yeah, the singer. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it may have, it may, it, I, it I was, get what you're saying. It, it was, was a, a much that, lesser card than what they were, were expecting. The, yeah. I, remember, I remember by the end of it, Dana White was not happy with that Calgary card. Yeah. It just, right. I mean, not, not that it was a bad, oh, it was actually Faber. Um, oh, Faber and Burrell? Yeah, and he was Burrell, yeah. Burrell, okay. Faber, yeah. Burrell, Faber, yeah, that Tim was Hector Bochum, Lombard's Hector Lombard. uh, first fight, and it just, from top to bottom, that fight just sucked. It was like everything was a split, or everything was decision, or one of them was like a no contest. And right. Was, yeah, I just remember Dana White was very, very unhappy with that, uh, with that card. So as at far any rate, performance-wise, if it's not New York, uh, it'll be Calgary. December. Then yeah, at least that's what they're, that's what Dana was that's saying he plan. was aiming for. Right. Okay. I'm happy with either of those. But guys, we have two more exciting matches to talk about. We have Chris the All American Wideman versus Vitor the Phenom Beltor. Beltor. Phenom. 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 Mm-hmm. Water. Water. <laughs> Jesus. Give me another one, baby. Keep going. Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman. Okay. No, she nailed that one. Okay. Yeah. Just a second. What about it? What about it? You were going to talk about it. Then Weidman I, then won the TKO in round you. one. This is probably my favorite fight of the night. Really? Yeah. Over Olofsky and Brown? Yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed this. You know, the I Jersey guy it. won. No, he's New York, but... Well, you said it's the same thing yeah, like true. two weeks ago. <laughs> he's, he's Inconsistencies. East Coast. Uh, the Beast Coast. The Best Coast. Uh, anyway, so Weidman won. <laughs> I just like seeing it because I, Chris Weidman actually had so much energy this fight. He, he felt like a new Chris Weidman. I'm not even kidding. I hmm. think if it would have went longer, we would have seen more of what he had in him. Yeah. It ended early, which was awesome. But I, I don't know. I think Chris Weidman was just... More ready than ever to take on an opponent like Vitor Belfort. I don't know if it gave him motivation getting a matchup like this or what well, it's it was. It's been a long time building up. It this has match. been a long time building this up. This is the third or fourth attempt to, uh, to book yeah. it. It's over a year Finally. and a half. They were kind of like chasing Finally. each other in the beginning. 28 months Belfort since they last both and, fought combined. Yeah. Injuries, Finally, this fight happened. Yeah, injuries to each of them. I believe right. uh, Belfort was dealing, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this one. I may, be, I may not have my. Fact right on this, but dealing with a, TR, a suspension from TRT, I don't think it was suspended. Okay, I, I take that back then. But I think it the was just point more is, so that he was off of it, and it yeah, took some time. That's right. To, he, he needed some time yeah. to to kind of downplay when the Nevada State Athletic Commission changed their stance right. on TRT and just banned it all together. And visually, you can see the differences. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, he's he's been open about uh, about his usage previously, and and so now it's, it makes sense that we'd see a different body uh, on Vitor Belfort. But uh, mm. um, this, there was a lot. This this was a long build up here. You yeah, know, both guys were really rearing to go, and I think a lot of that was uh, a lot of what we saw with Chris Weidman being so so on point and so right. dominant was him really focusing on this day and being ready. Not to say that that wasn't the case for Vitor. I'm sure he came with his A, a game as well. They, I mean, they both looked ready. They both looked like they were ready to beat mm-hmm. the shit out of each other and really put on a good show. But, um, I don't know, just something you see in a fighter's eye, like what I saw in Weidman's eye, he just looked more ready than ever. And when you get those long layoffs, whether it's for an injury or TRT, band, whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's always either motivation mm-hmm. or realization. I feel like you either sit there and you're like, you come to realizations that you know, maybe, maybe it's not your dream, maybe it's not what you want to do, or you get extra motivated. I don't like think that Chris or Vitor had any doubt at that no, point. No, of course not. And it's a little late for that one. Which is exactly why it motivated them even more so. Yeah. I hmm. think that time off, you know, you miss it. You crave it. And when you get hmm. back in there, it's like, yeah, oh my God, it's like my shot again. I mean, I've been waiting for this Chris Weinman for a while. As I've previously said, he has not impressed me as champion. Uh, I think both of his uh, wins against Anderson Silva was very... 
More, say more, it. yeah, more. <laughs> say, say it. One of them was a fluke, and one of them was just you know because the other guy was clowning. You know, right. I, I think that's not how a champion. You're saying the went. fluke was the, the broken, broken leg. The broken yeah. leg, right? I disagree on both counts. I mean, I, I get what George is saying. It because it, oh, it's one of those things where it's like you're left wondering. What if Cla- Silva wasn't clowning? What if Silva didn't break his leg? I want Weidman. What if he didn't break his leg? You know why he did break his leg? Because Weidman knew how to check the but kick. But if that was the case, it would happen a lot more often. It only had to happen once. What, are you going to break the leg and then do it again? A lot more often in other fights. I get what George is saying. It it was freak accident that it would break that way. And he wouldn't be able to continue fighting. Maybe it's something that they were working on. He was working on checking leg kicks. No, no, no. no, 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 Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Do you work on, you know, checking? Of course, yeah. yeah. So it's something that, of course, you work on it. But I'm saying if if there there wasn't a freak accident, it would happen a lot more often. Right. It can't always be executed perfectly. but You've got to nail it right exactly. Precisely. Yeah, and how precise like you know that happened to ha- ha- hey, happen to happen he, he didn't he didn't by, by practicing he wasn't like oh i'm gonna practice once and i'm gonna because he's gonna break his leg right afterwards no you keep practicing and you you know act like you're gonna fight a fight uh five around fight but my point is uh <laughs> i was unimpressed other oh, my opinion of course you agree you disagree and i respect you <laughs> yeah. um but I've been waiting for this. My point is, I've been waiting for this Chris Weidman for a long time. I, that's, that's, exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. That's exactly that, that, what I just said. Yeah, Chris, yeah. he's buying a ticket on the train now, finally. So it's on not, the gravy train. It's not that I didn't believe it. It's not that I think that I didn't believe in him. I did believe in him. Mm-hmm. I knew that he had this in him. That's why I was like, His, waiting he just for that wanted to, to see it. I completely yeah. agree. His title defenses previous to this one, or even even his yeah, fights I mean, even previous to this one, like, okay. they've been more wrestling style. They've been the grinding fights where he kind of just wrestles the crap out of his opponent. In one case, he broke Anderson Silva's leg. But for the most part, he's been a wrestler and he showed me amazing ability there. But I've never seen him this aggressive and this eager on the feet as well. Yeah, I mean, because he beat beat up Mark Munoz like three years ago. He beat him up. That's a very good fight. I knew that he he had that in him. So when I saw the other fights, I'm like, oh, that sucks that that happened. You know, he had but- a dominant win against Leota Machida, and a lot of that was standing up and yeah. circling yeah. and crowding. Um, I think it out-cheated you know, Machida. You, you can't say, yeah, yeah okay. And you can't, and I, actually, I think a lot of that style, a lot of that, um, you saw that translate over into this Vito Today. Belfort. He was yeah. charging and keeping Belfort against the cage. Uh-huh. Um, you, you didn't see a wrestling style against uh, against either of uh, the Anderson fights. Uh-huh. So yeah. I, I don't know. He's always struck me as more, pardon the pun, um, at least in the last four or five fights, a wrestler who can strike and who does strike. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a wrestler who does strike yeah. more so than, than we've seen him really utilize his wrestling in any of his recent, probably in the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. This uh, fight just UFC had more matches. pizzazz than his last couple. Yeah. And he, got, he was getting rocked for a second. It looked like he was he got he got Vitor got him with a good couple of shots. He definitely got hit hard, and he's it definitely was not an easy fight. One he he faced his battles early on in the first round, and you know he prevailed. But so. this is how impressed I am with Weidman. Is Vitor is no slouch on the ground. He's got mm-hmm. great great jujitsu. They're both but, black belts. In but Brazilian once Weidman yeah. took him to the ground, he knew, and it's those little intangibles that you can't you no know, you can teach, but you got it's more than just teaching. It's just knowing instinct. That, yeah, instinct. When Weidman brought him down. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what to do, and his jiu-jitsu and his wrestling are so high level that he he didn't let Vitor get any kind of anything yeah. at all. Once he was he in his half guard. Ground, once he got him to the ground, it was done. He was in his half guard for about 30 seconds, and I was like, is he going to be able to pass Vitor Belfort's guard? I wasn't sure about it, to be yeah, honest. he was too busy smashing I was his like, face in. I don't know. And then he, of course, and then he laid those 
heavy, heavy bombs down on Vitor's face, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, that'll pass anybody's guard." Mm-hmm. You know, he's got <laughs> he has to open up his guard now because he's going to get his face bashed in. And then he actually Vitor Belfort actually gave up his back to stop the punishment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that says a lot about Wyman's ground game. He looked phenomenal. Yeah, no pun intended. Oh, because of the Vitor. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what's, oh okay. The, what's the pun? Oh. <laughs> Anyway, so on to the main No, not event. yet. I'm not talking about that. What are you not done with? What do you Who's mean? next? Rockhold oh. or Jacare? Rockhold. Why? Because I, it's a really nice little story. What it is. I mean, <laughs> either, I could go either way. You know what? You could sell me either way. I, I'm open-minded in this one. Uh, Jacare, uh, really high-level jiu-jitsu. Would love to see the two of them duke it out on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um Luke Rockhold, pretty boy, up, up and coming, really climbing the rankings really well. It makes sense. He's up there. He's number one contender. Yeah, they both make sense. See, it's funny because I was thinking to myself, self, once I saw the fight, <laughs> once I saw how he beat Vitor, I was like, I want to see him against Jacques right now. Because of the jiu-jitsu? Just because of the way he took him to the ground and everything. Yeah. Jacques Ray, yes, Vitor is a high-level jiu-jitsu, but oh, Jacques Ray is just a He's whole, a different un- story. Whole, yeah, yeah, completely different. Uh, but if it isn't a Madison Square Garden, I would put Wideman versus Rockhold. If they are Hell get, yeah. Only if, if it is in, you're saying, right? If it is. If it is an MSG, yes. I would put Machida. I'm sorry, Machida. Where does, where, where does Rockhold and Weidman. Rockhold and Weidman. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love only. to see that fight. Uh, but then you made up a good point. It's like, dude, he's been fighting a lot of Brazilians. Even even excluding mm-hmm. Mark Munoz, the fight before that was against Damian Maia. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, fight, you know, fight someone else. But then again... It's hard to say no to that. But here's the thing. If Rockhold is in that division. If Rockhold is number one, Jacare is number two, why do you give it to Jacare over Rockhold? What is Rockhold not done that he would get passed over for Jacare? The same as Jacare. You can say the same about the other way around. Eh, well, no. no, because the rankings no. say Luke Hold. Well, I mean, uh, Luke Hold. Luke Hold, yeah. That's your new name. <laughs> Luke Hold. <laughs> Luke Rockhold and Jacare. I mean, the rankings say well, yeah, that we give Luke Rockhold the shot first. Yeah. Right. I think that one's a bit more um, marketable. If if you if there's a shot at this uh, Madison Square Garden, depends card. where you put the fight. You put the fight in Brazil. It's a bit more marketable. Well, you're not going to put. No, no, it's not. Well, more marketable than Rockhold, but oh, you obviously right. would not do Rockhold and Weidman outside of the U.S. That's just dumb. Why? Why would you do? Why would you not do that? Yeah. Because it's just dumb. I mean, there's a million places Why? in the U.S. that you can put it. Why would you put it in I Brazil? I wouldn't put it outside. I mean, yeah. if you're not going to headline with a Brazilian, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't put so it in Brazil. Yeah. So it's Rockhold and uh, Rockhold and Weidman somewhere in the U.S., most likely Madison Square Garden, uh, and anywhere else in the U.S. is number two, versus Jacare and Weidman, which you might do in Brazil, you might not do in Brazil. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Jacare and Weidman. Oh, they said Jac- uh, Weidman and Rockhold. Oh, no. I said Jacare. I might have said Rockhold, but I meant Jacare. Because you said Luke Hold. Oh. <laughs> but, but why, my question is, why would you book Jacare and, un- unless Rockhold gets injured, why would you book? No, no, so whoever, it, whoever it isn't uh, fighting for it, you better be ready at all times. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. There could be a blast minute fallout. No, and I know the one they have a lot in. of like a uh, random, like I've seen like some, a 10 man tag team MMA fight. I don't know if you saw a video huh? of that. Oh, is that that uh, I've seen team versus three team versus three yeah. in Russia? Have you ever had a triple threat MMA fight? There's been there's tag team submission. Because if this was professional yeah. wrestling, this would be the like uh, the the ultimate three way match. Because like, <laughs> honestly, yeah, like you said, Rockhold over Jock Ray. I say Jock Ray, but they're really in, in every way. They both make sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's gonna suck for one of them. Because um, now you gotta wait. Because I mean, if I was if I was either one of those two, I wouldn't take another fight. Right. 
You know, Jacare no, or you don't Ronald. you don't want to take that other fight, but yeah. at the same time, you haven't even booked the first one yet, so they're going to be waiting six to Look, nine exactly. months no, before they get you, their shot. You obviously book Weidman versus one of those two guys yeah. on a card, and whoever is is not getting the title shot also gets a match on that show. Right. So if the other one falls out, of course, bingo. Yeah, that's usually how they do it. So yeah, hopefully Rockhold versus versus um, Weidman. Weidman in in New York Madison would be Garden. awesome. Because it would be a fun match as well as that just There's so many stories the gateway of doing that. Yeah, doing that venue, yeah. the UFC doing that. And, and of course, that will be a sellout in no time. Mm-hmm. Next, the main event of the evening, Anthony Rumble Johnson takes on Daniel DC Cormier. Uh, number one versus number three ranked in the division. We recently saw Daniel Cormier lose to the champ, John, the former champ, I should say, John Jones. Mm-hmm. January. And he came out with a decisive win. Cormier won via rear naked choke in round three and is now the new light undisputed. heavyweight. Not undisputed. The, not the interim. No. Officially undisputed, although maybe socially a bit disputed. Of the world. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Cormier. What do you guys think, first, before we talk about the match, what do you think of him as a champ? I think he's great as a champ. Right? Uh, I. I don't know what there is to, to question. The guy is uh, well-versed. He gets practice on the mic on a weekly basis on UFC Tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not bad as a correspondent. He's, uh, you know, affable. You know, I was going to say a fun guy. It's the wrong way of putting it. Charismatic, excuse me. Um, former, uh, at least Olympic team member. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy The guy has is, is great, certainly qualified as a, as a world champion. Um, and I think there's a great storyline that you've got in the first, potentially, his you know first title defense, depending on what happens with John Jones. Right. Although I'd yeah. like, I'd, I think I'd like to see a title defense before. Who knows how long it's going to take before? John yeah, Jones. we don't know what's going to happen with that. But. but if I had my preference, just in general for everything, I would. Gustafson. Um, yeah, possibly Gustafson. I would want to give as long a time. What I'm getting at is for. John Jones to be put out there a little bit longer, not to be able to come back so fast mm-hmm. and automatically get a title shot. I know that that's been a headline that Dana White has already, uh, or a quote Dana White has already said about as soon as John comes back, he gets an immediate title shot. I don't know that that's something that you would, and I don't know why they would put that out in public. I don't think that necessarily helps John's case right. personally. Um, but I think that it's worth, I think that, you know, DC, you give maybe three months, the title defense certainly before the end of the year. Um, and I'd like to see it not be John, even mm-hmm. if John is back and ready. Yeah, give I Give him some time to get acclimated and get his stuff together. I'd, the earliest I'd want to see John back, even if we are talking about an immediate title match, is the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he definitely needs that probationary period where mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know, on the watch. And if he does come back, I'd like to see him, yeah. you know, maybe maybe against the top 10 guy, top 5 guy, obviously, but just yeah. not a title shot right away. I can't complain about Daniel Cormier being champion because I was one of the first to say, hey, strip John Jones completely of the belt. So I can't go back and say, oh, well, he's not the real champion. And I mean, because I think he is. You know, it, it is what it is. And John uh, Cormier said it the best, where he made his decision. We're not just, you know, champions inside of the cage, but we also got to represent the company in every single mm-hmm. way. Right. If that's if you can't do that, then you can't be a fighter currently on the roster. Therefore, you right. got to yeah. the belt, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I, th- I think he is the right world champion. Uh, I don't really agree, of, obviously, with the people that say that he doesn't deserve the belt. At least, at least not the full one. At least be an interim, but... 
No, oh, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement that this should be the official real one. Absolutely. There, there is socially, uh, for lack of a better phrase, this is going to be a, a situation where people will say, well, it is disputed because John Jones beat Cormier, so therefore by a certain lineage, a mentality of lineage of, of matches, MMA math, if you will, Jones is still the champion. Right. But it's a technicality that stripped him off the belt. Well, dude, that technicality is a part of being a champion. So exactly. And it's part of the sport, You too. defeated yourself. Yeah, I mean, this, this sport's three parts. It's character, charisma, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. It's athleticism, dominance, performance. It, there's so many things that go into it. So, like you said, if you're not a champ in, in and outside of the cage, you're not the champ. Yeah. You know, the champ's not the you've champ. You've got to be able... I mean, everybody will, will wild out a little bit, but you've got to be able to at least control yourself. <laughs> and not break the partying. Yeah, yeah exactly. To the point of a federal... Uh, sorry, a felony hit and run. Yeah. You know, and, and drug possession. So, that's... I think that's fair bounds <laughs> to... To strip them of the title. But people are going to say, of course, well, of course. it's nothing's really undisputed until Cormier fights and beats Jones. And, and I'm sure I'm sure out. that will happen. Yeah. But called them out already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, how, about, how about the little riff with Ryan Bader at the post press conference? I was going to say that right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say it again. Let's talk about how it. How about that riff with Ryan Bader at the post press conference? <laughs> <laughs> you took my words. Uh, well, they were supposed to fight on that New Orleans card on June 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, uh, and Daniel Cormier said a bit. I was like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, I didn't, I didn't back out of the fight with you, Bader. They offered me a title fight, you know? Yeah. Right. You know, what am I supposed to do? Uh, I didn't know there was such beef with them, though. I didn't know that they had this feud going on. Yeah, I, just, I, I didn't I, understand it. Cormier was I mean, saying I get that he was now, saying but... some stupid stuff on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. Can't believe that. That's... Oh, you got a text message. Um, <laughs> professional. Or was that you? <laughs> it was you. Oh, shit. Your phone's right here. What was I saying? Um, do not check it. He checked it. No, I didn't check. You, you pressed the button. <laughs> what was I saying? Talking about Ryan Bader, Ryan and the Bader. feud and Twitter. Uh, I can't believe that things are kind of being fought over Twitter now. Aww, Look, that's but that's a yeah. precedent that Dana set a while back. That you know they like the the Twitter beefs and no, the my point matchmaking is like, being done by itself when, between good. When two you guys had who beef fight. with people, you know, in school, like how did yeah. you like you just you know talk smack? Well, when I was in school, the internet didn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but my point is, like, so it was the sandbox. I guess it's a lot locker easier rooms. nowadays to get to get beef with them. Just send them like a a, ma- a nasty Twitter. Oh, comment. it happens all the time. I mean, a mad emoji. There was Arr. there was that. Oh, that was a good mad emoji face. Right. <laughs> Um, there was that Twitter beef with Angela Magana and Michael Bisbing, and I mean, and you see it all else the time. That to her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see it all the time in MMA. It's actually funny. It's a lot. It goes on a lot in MMA, especially mm-hmm. the UFC. We see it all the time. It's always Twitter because the ones that stand out among the social media universe, right? Matchmakers and, and executives go, oh, that's an easy slam dunk. We can sell tickets and pay-per-views based on that. Boom, let's book it. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't call it lazy matchmaking. It makes sense, but it is... Well, it helps mainstream the fighters a little bit to, to, a, to a broader fan base, people that are on social media. Perhaps, yeah. The general public. It's, it's letting fighters make their own matches, and you know, if it fits in with the UFC's plans, then, right. uh, then they'll go for it. That makes sense. I let's get it. talk about the fight really quick. So, a huge punch landed by Johnson in the first mm-hmm. round. I think I was referring to this punch. Yeah, I was but I was like, because I wouldn't want to, like, embarrass you on live, you know? But oh, like, you like, do all the yeah, time. Yeah. Don't hold back now. Yeah, and then I'm thinking, if you notice, I don't know if the camera was ever panned to me. I was like, wait, didn't you just say that about the Anthony Johnson Yeah, I, I, I said it about the wrong fight. Travis Brown wasn't the hardest punch I've ever seen. The hardest punch I've ever seen was <laughs> Johnson against Cormier. Oh, my God. Okay. Up until the Johnson-Cormier <laughs> match two matches later. <laughs> That Andre Arlovsky. Oh. Oh. No, seriously, this is the punch I was talking about. 
huge right hand landed. Go mm-hmm. watch it. Uh, Cormier recovered, gets the takedown, controls Johnson on the cage for a little while. A huge kicking match in the second round. It was so badass. Ooh, those trades, Wasn't that eh? awesome? The roundhouses? Then, uh, Joe Rogan goes, oh, Johnson switched stances. I think I know why. Let's watch that front kick. Let's watch yeah. that front kick. Bam! Next thing yep. you know, that front kick comes right off the hip of, of Anthony Johnson. Next thing you know, the rear kick comes off of Cormier. And they're going back and forth. And they're just kicking the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Literally and figuratively. Literally? More figuratively. Literally? No, more uh, figuratively. Uh, Literally? Uh, more figuratively. <laughs> was he promoting dude rights? I had this conversation with my coach the other day, Ian. You guys know mm-hmm. Ian? We had Ian Harris on Former here. Former after buzz guy. And uh, we were talking about the word literally being so misused, and I oh, just yes. did exactly what I just talked about. Like the, the word literally is literally being misused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very uh, often. Very often. Anyway, I was, so... Like I was saying earlier, I want to know what Rumble's game plan was. I know what his game plan was. To go in there and knock Cormier out in the first... Ten seconds. So he didn't have a backup plan or nothing? No. Well, I think he was probably be very are careful. You, he was going for the big bombs. Are but you referring to his cardio lack thereof just in, in, general. in the coming rounds? Just in general. Uh, I, I think he knew that uh, Cormier's wrestling was a big challenge. Cormier is is bad on tougher dudes. He's bad meaning, not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good mm-hmm. on, <laughs> on dudes uh, taller than him, which, frankly, at the heavyweight division, there's a lot of them it's taller than Cormier. Because yeah. he gets up in the pocket, grabs that clinch around your neck, and uppercuts the hell out of you, yeah. you know? Or if not that, if that doesn't happen, maybe that's a setup to get the double leg or get, get the high C and the big dump, as we saw against Josh Barnett. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those MMA fighters that has a wrestling background, but has mastered the art of wrestling in MMA. Mm-hmm. He's not a wrestler that now fights MMA. It complements his MMA dirty fighter. boxing. Exactly. Yeah. He knows how to switch it up so well. He he knows how to blind yeah. you in the pocket with punches while secretly he's fishing for that single leg. And then next thing you know, he has the high crotch and you're on your back. Suplex. So to that end, I, mean, I would think that, you know, me not being a cornerman, certainly not cornerman to any champions, <laughs> um, I would guess that Johnson, part of Johnson's strategy, that their strategy in general was to keep the distance away and Absolutely. land on Cormier. Absolutely. And I, bell. I think mm-hmm. Johnson's plan all along was to throw a lot of kicks. Mm-hmm. I think he planned on switching to that southpaw stance and throwing that left kick. Um, and really just... Would that be the right kick? It'd be the right. Anyway, <laughs> just switching his stance and, and throwing that, that front leg. And but you have to be careful about those kicks, too, because that sets up for takedown. Yeah, that's a very good point. If, if, you're, if your kicks aren't fast enough, you're setting yourself up against the wrestler because mm-hmm. re- all the wrestler looks for is the Grab timing leg for the kick. and scoop. Exactly. Yeah. But um, but Johnson's kicks are a little too quick for that sometimes. But yeah. um, anyway, Cormier definitely prevailed. And in the second round, um, I gave uh, the ten eight to I gave Cormier a ten eight in the second round. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. He took a, a big uh, big takedown on on Johnson. Got uh, top position half guard. The Kimura attempt mm-hmm. didn't see that, that one brutal. coming on Johnson. Yeah, and you know, opened him up uh, with uh, I think he. Uh, I think there was blood there, but elbows, heavy ground and pound there. Yeah. You know, that one was was a 10-8 in my book for it, DC. It almost looked as if Johnson was, uh, you know, saying to the ref, which was Big John McCarthy at the time, like, what's with his elbows? I don't know if he thought the elbows were illegal mm. or if, I don't know what he was trying to say, but he did mimic something to John McCarthy. At the end of the second. And I was like, oh, what, what was he meaning there? I don't know. Hmm. If anybody knows, let us know. What do you guys <laughs> think? I think he was probably saying he thought they were... Twelve to six. Uh, Twelve to six elbows. Yeah. Mm. And John was like, "They're good. They're good." Yeah. But um, well, we definitely saw AJ kind of really befuddled for 
for any kind of a strategy by the third round. You know, it yeah. was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. I think towards the second and the third, it was just uh, just formality. Um, AJ worked a cage clinch, uh, got a takedown, but DC got up pretty fast, which was a rarity. Uh, you know, you don't take DC down very very easily or at all. Um, no. You don't uh, knock him down either. That was the first time right. he's ever been knocked down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was a clean knockdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But DC was able to reverse it, get a takedown. The punches set up. Uh, he was throwing punches from behind, which, of course, set up the rear naked mm-hmm. choke. Uh, and after that, you know, sunk it in. And uh, and it was, was good night, Irene, after that. it was. This is my favorite kind of fight, let alone favorite kind of title fight. When two guys go out there and they're fighting for the title, so many, so many times, you know, more times than not, they go out there and there's this long, drawn, feeling out period. Not because they're scared or anything like that, but because... There's so much on the line that the fighters tend to fight differently. You know, mm. they fight safer sometimes, or they really want to make sure. You know, they... you felt like there was this was a feeling. No, out no, no. Period? I'm going to say the exact opposite. Okay. Getting to my point, this was the exact opposite. Yeah. They went out there. They swung for the fences. He got knocked down. He got back up. He wrestled him down. He took him down. I mean, it was balls to the wall. Dogs were off the leash. Dogs were crazy. off the leash. Yep. Cats were out of the litter box. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think. That was a good try. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I give you but, an A for effort there. <laughs> anyway, they were fucked. They <laughs> fighting. They were fighting. <laughs> fighting left and right. Woo! They were fighting left and right. <laughs> and um, anyway, long story short, they were just letting it all out there and leaving it mm-hmm. all in the cage. And yes. that is a respectable, commendable fight. When you're fighting for the freaking title shot, mm-hmm. when you're, you when you want to be the light heavyweight champion of the world, mm-hmm. that is how you fight. You yeah. don't go out there and, and circle for three minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of fight I like. So kudos to you two, Johnson, Cormier, for putting on a hell of a show. What do you think of his, uh, Cormier's marketability as champion now? Oh, he's a, he's a... He's got a bit of a mean streak, to be honest with you. I like his mean streak. I, I, mm-hmm. I like the heel character. Bam! He, wrestling term. He, he well wow. done. Good work. He he can play heel. He can play face. That's a wonderful thing about it. Um, he's a pro wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and he gets again week in and week out. He's on UFC tonight. He gets practice on how to be professional, and he gets into his char- character. He he lets himself out mm-hmm. on that show. Sometimes he'll you know call guys out, talk a little trash, you know, tote the uh, the the AKA flag, you know, and and defend and. Uh, uh, big up his uh, his teammates and stuff. He always does that, yeah. But he also knows how to, to dial it back and to approach from uh, from a professional, respectable perspective. And I think that was the case with, with him versus AJ, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, boy, he's got I some agree. bad, I, I, I bad like blood Cormier. with Mr. Jones. I yeah. like Cormier because he, I, I guess you can say, he's not fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember after that uh, brawl that Jones and Cormier had uh, back in September, <laughs> or August, I think it was August, actually, yeah. Uh, you know, after you know, obviously they're doing they're doing all the media right afterwards, mm-hmm. and you had Jones kind of come out there and say, you know, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I apologize. The yeah. UFC is an embarrassment. You had Cormier said like, dude, what a fake ass, you know? I, I'm going to be honest with you, if, and this is Cormier speaking, yeah. saying if the same situation happened, it would I would do, do it the again. same exact thing, you know? Because yeah. you know that's that just the way he's not he's not going to fake you know one time and then not fake another time. Like even what we saw with the post fight press conference with yeah. Ryan Bader, it's like man, that's the, I kind of like that Cormier side. Kind of comes kind of comes off as a dick but let's I mean, recreate right. the uh the fox sports one uh interview clip that was with the cameras rolling yeah, in between ESPN. Okay. Is it ESPN? Mm-hmm. okay five four three two no we can't say one. it i'm jones you're no, you're cormier there, there was so much bad words i will on that. kill you 
I'll kill you. Uh, you come in here. I will <laughs> like, literally kill you. Like you think I'm gonna, you think I'm gonna let you kill me, John? I will kill you. I'll spit in your face. Yeah, you ain't gonna. If, no, you're no, not gonna said, spit in my he face. He was like, you spit in your face. I'll you're kill you. You're not gonna spit in my face. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Wait, were you the one? Who's spitting? Who's, who's gonna spit in? Cormier was gonna spit in Jones' face, right? You know, Jones was like, no, no, no. Cormier was like, I'm gonna spit in your face. Okay, so stick with your character. Stick with your character. Come in my room. I will kill you. Who am I? I wish I knew where you were. I will oh kill you. I'm Cormier. You think I'm gonna let you kill me, John? I will you really kill you. Sit here and let literally, you kill me? I'll kill you in your face. What a pussy! I'll kill you. Hey, pussy, are you still there, pussy? No, you still there, pussy? Stop saying that. <laughs> what are you doing? We're just Stop we're it. just recreating what they said. Yeah. Well, guys, that's we're quoting so UFC We're quoting UFC champions here. All right. So my name is Daria Baronado. Uh, you can see me at the U of MMA March 31st, which is trouble. this Sunday. I will be hanging out there. Um, in the general admission standing section. Asshole. No, I'll be in <laughs> VIP, baby. On the stage. No, you I'm just kidding. Her, you, first you said the SH word. Nice Your word was so much worse than no, my word. put an explicit guys, sign on the iTunes. We're not going to be covering no. next week's UFC, but you guys can watch it on Fox Sports. Uh, we will be here on June 6th for the New Orleans card. Tim Boach. Uh, June and 7th, you'll be here. Oh, we have June 7th, absolutely. But it's June 6th, so check it out. Uh, guys, where can we find you? Guys, this is your last warning here. You can find me next week at the U of MMA, downtown LA, Club Nokia at LA Live. Um, tickets are available at uofmma.com. I said this on Thursday. I'll say it now. You come down, introduce yourself to me. I'll buy you a beer. Bam. Boom. Really? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Not Instagram. including you after Buzz staff. Instagram, Twitter, at ghermoza, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. Hashtag ABTV UFC. There you go. You can find me at Daria the Jersey Devil Baronado or Daria B28 on Twitter. Guys, I will see you soon. I'll see you June 6th to be specific. Buzz you later. Fine. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.